So uh, in this materialistic world that uh, we live, you know, how we handle money is very important uh, to God. So the question that I ask each one of us today is, are we serving God or are we serving mammon? You know, my hope this morning that is that in response to God's indescribable gift that he has given us, that at least some of us would be motivated to become generous giver. Now, the primary chapters in the New Testament on giving is 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. We see the subjects of stewardship and giving as one of the, uh, as one of the frequent and important themes in the Bible. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, often talked about stewardship, often talked about giving. You know, the essence of Christianity is giving. And we see this in Jesus who gave himself holy for us you know we we know john 3:16 for god so loved the world that he gave you know jesus gave jesus is a giver he's not a taker and he wants us to be like him so what should be our response our response should be to give you know the um, the title of today's sermon is the grace of giving it's not just giving it is the grace of giving. The reason is that grace is the main theme that runs through Paul's entire encouragement of giving in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. So let's define, let's define what grace is. You know, grace defined simply is God's goodness. You know, God's goodness. But specifically, it's God's goodness to those who do not deserve it. You know, we often see in the Bible, grace defined as uh, un unmerited favor you know today we saw it about that unmerited favor undeserved blessing by god for us god is gracious and graciousness is is something that he does not put on and take off depending on the situation god is always gracious he does not decide to show his grace you know it is rather it is who god is you know he does not decide he cannot decide he is gracious so he shows graciousness you know, and because God is gracious, he demonstrates gracious graciousness in everything that he does. If you remember from the Old Testament, um, we, we, we see about God showing himself to Moses. And God says, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in mercy and love and faithfulness. You know, we see, we see the word gracious used here as an adjective it describes god it is one of his attributes so grace is what god shows because he is gracious you know as we went through the whole counsel of god uh, we see the action of god towards each one of us involves his grace you know his creation his providence his conviction of the sinners his his equipping the sinners his gift of salvation even even the future that he has prepared for us, all of this in involves God's grace. A gracious God cannot fail to demonstrate grace in all he does. You know, in fact, when we see God's grace, uh, we see God's grace even in the Garden of Eden, when God killed an animal to cover the sins of Adam and Eve. He could have killed the first humans then and there because of their disobedience, but rather, but rather God killed an animal to cover their sins. And we see this, that 
God continues this right through the Old Testament. He, God instituted the pattern of uh, of uh, uh, blood sacrifices to atone for sinful men. But we read in Hebrews also that it was not the physical blood of these animals that cleansed the sinner. It was the grace of God, the grace of God to those who chose to trust in him, forgave, God forgave them. You know, grace is basically God choosing to bless us rather than to curse us as our sins deserve. You know, there is no aspect of God's grace while he deals with his creation that does not involve his grace. You know, his, his grace is just overwhelming, all-encompassing. And, you know, as we see about God's grace, we also see that grace is much more than our salvation. Sometimes we think salvation is, is only grace. It is much more than salvation. But salvation is perhaps the most visible manifestation of his grace. We deserve nothing but judgment and hell. But God in his goodness treats us with his grace and saves us. You know, our salvation is not because of anything that we have done or even capable of doing. He offers us his salvation simply as an act of his grace. We know in, uh, as we read from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. You know, as Paul says here, it is by grace you have been saved. It is God's grace that saves us. You know, on one hand, we see God's saving grace. Now, on the other hand, there is God's grace that sustains us after we have been saved. You know, even after coming to know the Lord, we are still not capable of going through life without God's grace. We continue to need God's grace every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day. And so God, in his goodness, treats us with his sustaining grace. And it is his sustaining grace that enables us to live our lives in holiness. You know, when we read 2 Timothy 2.1, we see Paul instructing Timothy, be strong in the grace, okay, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus in the grace, in Christ Jesus. You know, God's grace is available to all of us when we are in Christ. When I am in Christ, God's grace surrounds me. We see God's saving grace and we see God's sustaining grace. And often in the Bible, we see both of them interwoven together in verses. Uh, let's read 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grain grace towards me was not in vain. See, Paul talking about himself here says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. This is talking about God's saving grace, God's saving grace that was not in vain. And then Paul continues the same verse saying, on the contrary, I worked harder than any one of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Here, the grace of God that Paul is talking about is God's sustaining grace. You know, 
Paul talks about God's saving grace that saved him that was never in vain and then God talks about and Paul talks about God's sustaining grace that led Paul every day in every every work that he did okay God's saving grace and God's sustaining grace that Paul talks about you know that is why Paul's writing are all about grace you know in many of his letters Paul says grace be with you he's not saying goodbye he's saying grace be with you why because they needed god's grace you know in summary this is what paul talks about grace grace unites us by faith to jesus grace justifies grace sanctifies grace glorifies and it is in this vast ocean of grace that we live our lives our christian lives and we take every effort and we take every initiative empowered by god's grace you know as we come uh, to the passage for this morning let's have that theme of grace imprinted at the back of our minds why because paul is making the point here that those who give communicate the fact that they have been touched by this very grace you know the call to give is a manifestation of the gospel you know now as we look at the context of second corinthians chapters 8 and 9 to understand this passage better uh, we know from the context that peter uh, fr- from the epistles we know that peter had been actively involved in collecting money from the gentile christians for the poor among the saints in jerusalem and this was happening for about 5 years now why was this collection needed you know there could have been many reasons but from what we know conversion to christianity resulted in excommunication we read in john's gospel about the blind man who was healed you know that we see the pharisees they kept on coming to uh, uh, to the uh, to the blind man and asking him who had healed him and when the blind man professed that it was jesus who healed him and jesus was from god and was god they put him out of the temple you know the temple being the major source of livelihood for the people during that time being excommunicated resulted in them having no source of income okay and also we know that there was a famine uh, during the reign of emperor claudius it was at this time that uh, the palestinian residents suffered from lack of food there could have been other reasons like you know the jerusalem churches was much larger and therefore having many members to be supported there was the double taxation rule you know the jew the jew uh, jewish people including christian jews had to pay double tax to rome and the jewish authorities and due to this various reasons we see that the jerusalem churches were going through a very tough time and so paul got involved in the collection for these poor saints now the question uh, um, that comes to our mind is why why did paul you know devote so much of his time why did he take so much energy not only to raising this collection but also delivering the co- collection you know after all we know that Paul was focused in sharing the word of God to the gentiles you know so why would he go out of his way to gather money for for the poor believers in Jerusalem you know we can get some um, indication from 2 Corinthians 8 9 you know as we read this verse it says um, has we carry out this act of grace this act of grace means the collection the giving that is being ministered by us for the glory of the lord himself and to show our good will you know the niv says uh, translated as as 
to show our eagerness to help you know first of all paul believed that this gift would honor jesus christ and would bring glory to god for those who are recipients of this grace would thank god for his goodness as it is manifested through the saints who give you know in other words the jerusalem saints would glorify god for providing for their needs god providing for their needs through their gentile brothers you know also as we read the epistles we see the love and concern that paul had for the churches right we see that in all the epistles how how paul showed love for the churches and here we see paul putting his words into action paul walked the talk okay and we see him doing that this was a very practical way very practical way for paul to show his love for the churches by providing for the needy saints you know we even though here today when when jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment he said you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and the second is as important you know you shall love your neighbors as yourself you know all god's commands hang on this two commands loving god and loving others you love god and you show the love that god showed to you to others and we see here um how the macedonians um were supported by paul you know how paul asked the macedonians uh, show that example of the macedonians you know we can learn so much from the life of paul you know are we concerned about bringing glory to god like paul you know or and also you know are we concerned about putting our words into action like paul and giving to the needs of our poor brothers and sisters you know now we are going to dwell into what paul is saying about the grace of giving and as we go through a few verses in second corinthians chapters 8 and 9 we will see paul uh, here he's going to be encouraging the macedonians to give and he's going to be encouraging the uh, Uh, the corinth is going to be encouraging the corinthians to give and is going to encourage them by reflecting on what the macedonians had already done we see here macedonia which is the corinth uh, neighbors towards the north we see um, um, we see achaia here and in in achaia we see corinth and as we read uh, as we read verse 1 second corinthians chapters chapter 8 verse 1 it says we want you to know brothers about the grace of god grace here means giving we want to know we want to you to know brothers about the grace of god the giving that has been given among the churches of macedonia we see here paul talking to the corinthians about the good examples of the macedonian churches and paul is talking to them about the grace that has been given to the macedonian churches and this grace comes from god for it is god who prompts our hearts for giving you know and we see here that god is the source of all grace including this grace of giving it's a divine enabling and the macedonians manifested the grace of god in what they did you know the grace of giving comes to god to every one of his children you know but the question that comes to each one of us is are we attentive to god's prompting you know uh, usually when i pray for others during my uh, personal prayer time is when i get god's prompting to give 
you know there have been many times that i have heard god's prompting and i have given and known that it has been a blessing but you know i must also confess and say that there have been times when god has prompted my heart i have given various excuses and i have not given you know the question to me and the question to each one of us church is that when god prompts your heart to give are you attentive to it are you listening to god hearing you and and most importantly are you obedient to god's prompting you know as we move towards 2 and 3 it talks about the circumstances in which the macedonians gave in 2 it talks about the circumstances in verse 3 talks about paul talks about this report to corinthians in other words okay for in reading verse 2 and 3 for in a severe test of affliction the abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflown into a wealth of generosity on their part for they gave according to their means as i can testify and beyond their means you know in this verse 2 you know we see a paradox of paul's expression the abundance on one side and their extreme poverty on the other side you know this believers were poor and persecuted we read in first thessalonians paul mentions how they received the word in much affliction yet it says they received the word with joy in their hearts the joy of the holy spirit was the, was in them you know they received the word with joy you know they were in great affliction they were in great poverty but they showed joy they showed generosity in their affliction they showed joy in their extreme poverty they desired to give generously you know we see god's saving grace god's sustaining grace in their actions you know the macedonians joy their abundant joy that showed in their generous giving in spite in spite of their poverty this can only be explained by seeing it as a result of god's saving grace and god's sustaining grace in their lives you know and as we move to verses 3 uh, we see paul talking about another paradox they gave according to their means and then they gave beyond their means you know the meaning of this paradox is that because of their extreme poverty the amount collected by them was not huge in in quantity a man earning only 100 rupees cannot be expected to contribute 1000 rupees because 100 rupees is the absolute limit of his ability to give you know in this sense the macedonians gave according to their ability you know they gave according to their means and then we also know that the that the macedonians were extremely poor they were below the poverty line you know but yet they showed a complete disregard for their own needs you know they did not think about their present needs they did not think about their future needs but they were impelled by the love and compassion for brothers in christ whom they may, may, may never have seen and in that sense they gave beyond their ability you know christian giving is not estimated in terms of quantity it is not estimated in terms of quantity but of sacrifice the giving of the macedonians is very comparable if you see to the giving of the poor widow you know jesus as he sat down opposite the treasury and he watched the people uh, put in their offering in the offering bag 
he observed many rich people coming by and and they put in huge quantities of money into the offering bag and then there came this poor widow and she put in two small copper coins and this two small copper coin was equivalent to 164th of a denarius a denarius being a day's wages and and she put in just this two small copper coins and jesus told his disciples calling them he told them this poor widow has put in more than any of the others who had contributed and the reason jesus gave was that they gave out of the abundance this rich people gave out of the abundance but the poor widow out of her poverty she had given all that she had to live on the macedonian churches was like this out of their extreme poverty they gave out of their poverty all that they had to live on church you know the lord sees our sacrificial giving you know it reminds us that god is not looking at the outside at the quantity that we give but god is looking at the inside of our hearts i include myself as i ask each one of us how is our giving is our giving like the macedonians impelled by love and compassion for brothers who we may have never seen given you know is our giving that like that sacrificial you know as we move to the next word we see the macedonians begging for taking part in this collection you know reading verse 4 begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints the macedonians were begging for the privilege of sharing you know they saw it as an opportunity to to give you know the question that you know came into my mind and it should be in all of our minds why would they plead you know why would they beg to give given their situation given their afflictions you know we never beg to give right they were begging in their extreme poverty and affliction they were begging to give you know because the reason is because they saw giving as a privilege of god it was not an obligation to them it was a privilege to give to god you know having received the grace from god has needy sinners they desired to extend this grace to their needy brothers by sending for their needs you know it is only when it is only when we see giving as an opportunity rather than an obligation that we can be this willing giver that god wants us to be you know do we see giving has an opportunity you know as we see that uh, it was mentioned that uh, the macedonians gave under much suffering yet they were able to give generously you know for me the question is how were they able to give so generously you know how were they able to give so generously and paul gives that very answer in the next verse verse 5 and this not as we expected but they gave themselves first to the lord they gave themselves first to the lord and then by the will of god to us you know the macedonian christians first and foremost gave themselves to the lord they understood god's saving grace that god had given them the gift of life then they understood god's sustaining grace that it it had in fact transformed them and enabled them to give the macedonians understood god's saving grace and god's sustaining grace in their lives you know how how did paul reach from god's grace in verse 1 to our giving here you know this is where we need to understand that it is god's grace 
that enables us to want to give. And then it is God's grace that enables us to be able to give. Let me repeat that. You know, it is God's grace that enables us to want to give. And then it is God's grace that enables us to be able, able to give. And this is where we, uh, we need to understand a little more. How do we understand, you know, God's grace enabling us to want to give and then God's grace enabling us to be able to give? Let us re read another verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 and 10. First, we'll read verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. You know, what is this? Let's stop here. God is able to make all grace abound to you means that God is more than able and willing to give us all that we need. You know, we sometimes underestimate God's giving. We think that it is our ability that makes us and helps us to make our money. We need to know that God is the giver. God is the giver who gives us the ability to make our money. You know, sharing from my life, you know, with, with just a six months diploma uh, certificate in computer, it has never been my ability all these years. It has been God who has enabled all grace to abound to me for the past many years. You know, God possesses an infinite amount of grace and he gives lavishly without holding back. When we give generously and when we wisely give to the needs of others, God graciously replenishes them so that we are no longer in need. You know, continuing on that verse, it says, so that having all sufficiency, you know, this is God's grace that enabled them and made them sufficient in all their needs for real happiness and contentment. We're not talking about luxury here. You know, God's grace that enables us and makes us sufficient in all our needs, sufficiency in all things at all times. And as we read uh, the last part of verse 8, so that you may abound in every good work. The grace of giving should result in more good work. You know, the righteous person who desires to give to the needs of others and prays for that grace will not lack any opportunity to do so. Because God will provide for him, not for their, de for their desires, not for their pleasures, not for increasing their standard of living, but for giving to the needs of others. You know, we see a very beautiful example in the Old Testament of how that, uh, how that widow um, was provided for by God when she gave all that she had to Elijah. You know, the jar of flour was not used up. The jug of oil did not run dry. You know, the fact is that God was able then to provide and God is able now to provide. You know? And as we go to verse 10, reading from verse 10, we again see God here as the giver. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and give, for, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You know, God supplies, he multiplies in this verse. He increases, he gives for the sowing, he gives for the planting, he gives for the harvesting. Wow, God is the giver. 
you know but notice one thing here that we need to know um what god promised is seed for sowing you know the opportunities and the resources to make further investment of good work you know god enables us to want to give and here we see that god gives us more wealth to give more when we step back and think about all this you know this is all an act of god is an act of grace on god's part because god could have easily left us to to the desires of materialism and being in love with this world and captured by this world spending on this world but god in his grace helps us to be free from the materialism of this world helps us to be free from being captured by this world and god gives us the grace to want to do good and then he gives us the wealth to be able to give you know and what is the result of all this you know by god doing this all this what is going to happen god is helping us to build up treasures in heaven god is helping us to build up treasures in heaven you know the macedonians understood this that god is the giver and that they were to use his wealth for his purposes you know the answer to how the macedonians were able to give so generously was they first and they foremost they gave themselves to the lord and then god's grace enabled them to want to give and then god's grace provided for them so that they were able to give you know we see paul building up to their motivation for giving which is given in second corinthians 8 9 for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich you know paul using the incarnation to teach us about giving you know the incarnation of jesus christ is the greatest example of self sacrificing generosity you know our lord jesus gave up the riches of glory in heaven when he became a man and died on the cross so that we so that we might share in his riches of glory in heaven you know gratitude to god for what he has done for us should be the supreme motive of christian giving gratitude to god for what he has done for us you know as we read um philippians 2 5 to 8 it says christ jesus who though he was in the form of god did not count it equality with god a thing to be grasped but he emptied himself it says he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross you know our lord jesus emptied himself meaning that he gave up himself completely he gave up his heavenly glories he gave up his eternal riches and became poor for each one of us he took up the father's wrath for our sins so that we might be saved through his gracious act of giving through his gracious act of giving we we have gained spiritual wealth you know jesus emptied himself for us to save us out of his love for us you know when god 
prompts our hearts you know what should our actions be you know out of his love out of love for god what should our action be you remember that god emptied himself for us we also see um, as paul ends his discourse in second corinthians 9:15 he again goes back to the primary motivation of giving second corinthians 9:15 says thanks be to god for his indescribable gift you know paul summar- summarizes his discourse by comparing the believers act of giving we saw that and he compares the believers act of giving with what god did in giving jesus christ the greatest gift of all his inexpressible gift his indescribable gift we read romans 8:32 says he who did not spare his own son but gave him gave him for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things because god buried his son you know we who have put our trust in christ jesus have reaped a, har- a large vast harvest you know it makes us it makes it possible for us to be free from the materialism of this world and to give joyfully and to give sacrificially you know uh, we see jesus um, here has the divine gift jesus is the divine gift who inspires all gift we should be thankful to god for the gift of grace this giving that leads us and enables us to give for the advancement of god's kingdom and for the sake of his glory you know as we end you know we see the corinthians did follow up they did follow through and they collected their gifts we see in romans 15:26 paul makes a mention that the christians of macedonia and achaia we saw in the map that achaia is where corinth is located the the christians of macedonia and achaia made a contribution for the poor saints in jerusalem you know as we went through this passage you know what are the applications Uh, that we can take from this passage the first part uh, as a category we can see that have god's perspective towards our money you know as we know giving is not a new testament con- concept we see god instituting the concept of tithing in the old testament a tithe means one tenth right there was uh, the levitical tithe there was a, there was a tithe for the celebration of the convocation of worship and then there was a third tithe known as the welfare tithe and this welfare tithe was given once every 3 years and so the, all this tithing um, uh, together comes to approximately uh, 23 to 25% of tithing in the old testament how did uh, god view this tithing we can see from old testament passages of how god viewed tithing we are not going to read uh, malachi 3 a to 10 i would encourage each one of you to read it but you know it's a very beautiful verse here where god is pointing out to the israelites that they had not brought the required tithes and offering and in in not offering that in not giving this tithes and offering they were actually robbing god and they were robbing his people and in fact they were robbing themselves the reason was that god had withheld his blessings on them because they were withholding the tithe that they were supposed to give you know it's not that god needs our money no you know the money belongs to him anyway right so it is the priority that god sees in our giving god is looking at our hearts in terms of our giving you know what is the importance and here we see that god 
was God wants us basically to prioritize our giving. In the New Testament, uh, we see the concept of giving as a free will giving, you know, and from what we read today, there are a lot of things that we can do in terms of our giving. We can give joyfully and we can give freely. We can also give willingly and we can give sacrificially. Just remember the Macedonians, how in their afflictions, in their in their extreme poverty, remember, just remember how they gave so generously and so willingly begging to give, right? That is how our giving should be. And our giving also should be planned. It should be joyful. It should be reluctant. You know that we know that, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. You know, as I share from my life, you know, after getting a job, um, um, I have started giving 10%. My parents encouraged me to give, um, increase my giving every time that God prospered me. And so after every increment uh, that I got um, at office, I increased my tithing. I increased the percentage of giving. Um, and this happened for many years. And after many years, um, um, I felt that the amount that I was giving was too much. And um, and I felt also that the percentage was high. So I basically stopped increasing the tithe, uh, uh, increasing the percentage of giving. Um, and soon after that, there was this uh, session in CBF about giving. And it's so amazing how God speaks to us at the right time, right? God knows when to speak to each one of us. And at that time, a lot of things hit, hit me. But, you know, one of the important things that, that hit me was that it was not my money that I was giving to God. It was not like my hard-earned money. It was everything about God's money. Everything that we had belong that we have belongs to God. And the ten percent, or the twenty-three, or the twenty-five percent that we give back, you know, that is not God. It's everything that we we have is God's. And and God looks at our hearts to give to looks at our heart to see whether we are giving willingly and joyfully and cheerfully, right? And the questions that should be in my mind and each one of our minds is. It should not be, okay, it should not be, what should I give? But the question should be, that should be in our minds is, what should I keep back from all that abundance that God has given to me? You know, question to us and parents, you know, are we modeling the grace of giving to our children? Are we teaching them at an early age to give? Remember that God is the giver and he wants us to role model this grace of giving. We can also see applications in terms of using God's wealth to further God's purposes. You know, God cares for us. We know that God cares for us. He loves us and he wants us to use the money that he has given us to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families. But that is not all that God wants us to do with our wealth. God wants us also to use our wealth to further God's kingdom. There are so many ways that we can use our wealth for furthering God's kingdom on earth. You know, even there's so many mission needs that are out there in India, out of India. There's so many mission needs. Let us hear God's prompting in our heart and let us give as God prompts us to give for furthering God's kingdom on earth. There is also the aspect of using God's wealth to provide for the needs of his people. You know, God has not given us wealth, as we have seen, uh, to live in luxury, oblivious to the needs of our brothers and sisters. You know, um, as we as we are not reading Second Corinthians nine twelve, but you know, the grace of giving is also a means of God 
providing for his needy saints. And of course, that would also bring thanksgiving to God. You know, as we end uh, this uh, session, uh, um, you know, I'm very thankful and I praise God for CBF because CBF is a giving church. You know, but the challenge to each one of us, including me, is can we be like the Macedonians? You know, giving willingly, sacrificially, begging to give and joyfully, you know. And as we do this, let us have this in mind that those who sow generously will also reap bountifully in terms of bearing fruit for God's kingdom. You know, as, um, as we end, let's end with a prayer um, and I'll just close in prayer. Oh, Lord God, thank you so much, Lord, for helping us to go, to go through uh, this session on giving, the grace of giving, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that for your grace, your goodness, Lord, as we see it, Lord, your unmerited favor and blessing to us, oh, Lord, who did not deserve it, Lord. We in no way deserved your blessings, Lord. We, had, we were supposed to be cursed, but Lord, you gave us the grace and giving, Lord, to give, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that, Lord. Lord, we remember your saving grace, Lord, that, it, that your saving grace is not in vain and your saving grace saves us. And we remember, Lord, your sustaining grace that leads us through every moment of our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord. To, to, to dwell on that, Lord, how your sustaining grace leads us through every moment of our lives, Lord, and to give you all praise and to give you all glory, Lord. Help us, O Lord, first and foremost, O Lord, to put ourselves in your hands, Lord, knowing, Lord, that you are the one who gives us a saving grace. You are the one who gives us a sustaining grace, O Lord, to lead our lives, O Lord. Help us to put ourselves in your hands, O Lord. And Lord, as we put ourselves in your hand, O Lord, enable us, Lord. Thank you for that promise, Lord, that you enable us to want to give good, Lord, that desire to give, O Lord. And then, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you would enable us and provide for us to be able to give generously, Lord, not for our luxury or increasing our standard of living, Lord, but just so that we can give for your kingdom, Lord. We can give for your needy saints, O oh Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would guide and bless our activities, Lord, that you would prompt each one of our hearts, Lord, in CBF, Lord, each one of us, Lord, that you would prompt us to give, Lord, willingly, Lord, lovingly, Lord, sacrificially, Lord, that we would give it as on to you, Lord. And as we do all this, Lord, help us to remember the fact, O Lord, of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, the incarnation, O Lord, which is the greatest example of generosity to us, O Lord, that you emptied yourself for us, O Lord. You gave yourself wholly to us, O Lord. You gave up the riches of glory in heaven, Lord, and so that we might be saved and so that we could share in the riches of glory with you, O Lord. What a great promise and what a great hope that we hold on to, Lord. And Lord has you lead us through this this day and this week and this month, Lord. Help, help us, Lord, to be generous and cheerful. Give us thinking about you and dwelling up, upon you, O Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you and we glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' most precious and loving name we pray. Amen.